Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Irish on Tap, a podcast about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish presented to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at ONTAP Irish. Today, we are going to be breaking down last weekend's victory against Syracuse, a big win up in upstate New York. And then also, at about the midway point of the show, we're going to start our breakdown and preview for this weekend's huge Top five matchup, obviously we're not in the top five, but we're playing a top five team and a team that always, always, always gives us their best shot in Clemson. And I want a season ruined out there on Saturday. I want a CFP trip denied via Notre Dame. But before we get into all that, this past weekend, Notre Dame traveled to Stanford to Notre Dame traveled to Syracuse. And I mean, perfect start, right? First play of the game. Brandon Joseph pick six. The offense uh, didn't even have to touch the field, and we put points on the board. And you know this is a team at certain points of the season that has had a hard time scoring points. There's also been other games like the North Carolina game or this game, for example, where we put 40 on the board. It's really just a, a case of what you're going to get with the Notre Dame offense on a week-in and week-out basis. But I think overall – this was a performance from the beginning to the end that you could be proud of as a Notre Dame fan. We never really needed too much from Drew Pine. Uh, 9-19 on the day, 116 yards, a tutty and a pick. But I think this was another game for the running game to put their best foot forward. And Audric Estime had 20 carries, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. By the fourth quarter, you could tell that the, the Syracuse defenders wanted no parts of Estime and the way that they were utilizing him. The offensive line was moving bodies all afternoon, and it was a thing of glory. It was something that we've been waiting to see all season from this Notre Dame team, and they really put their best foot forward out there offensively on Saturday. I think the defense still played a good performance. Uh, you have to take into account that Syracuse coming into this game, I think was averaging about 33 points a game, or maybe it was 31. And they were, you know, they were an offense that was scoring of a multitude of different ways. For them, it was crazy because Schrader, Garrett Schrader, didn't perform to, to the standard that he normally does. And he did get hurt uh in the second quarter. So he he did not come back out for the second half. The second half was Del Rio Wilson. And the thing about Del Rio Wilson was is he was moving around back there in the pocket. He was buying himself extra time. So the pass rush that was getting home on Schrader was not having that same effect on Del Rio Wilson. He was able to get 190 yards. He was able to build a little bit of momentum. They brought it back to within, I think it was like seven or 10. But ultimately, the Notre Dame run game, the Notre Dame offensive line, and then the Notre Dame D line. Another great game from Isaiah Foskey. Another great game from that front seven. And yeah, in the third quarter and maybe a little bit of the fourth quarter, it was the game was a little bit in the balance. But I think one of the more solid performances that we've seen from Notre Dame all season, and I would only hope that they're able to build on that going into Clemson this week. But kind of like what we've talked about the last few weeks, at this point of the season, it's about getting guys valuable experience, and it's finding a way to get to 6-6 six and six at least and get to a bowl game. We only have to win one more game for the rest of the season to get to a bowl game. I want a lot more, though. I want – fuck it. Let's run the table. What are we talking about? This is Notre Dame football here, right? Talking about Notre Dame football. I know we don't have the Jimmys and Joes that we anticipated we were going to have this year. But at the end of the day, you know, you play for the university, you play for your family, you pay, play for your friends and the fans. 
And it's the greatest university that you could possibly go to, in my opinion. I know I didn't go there, but I, I certainly wish I did. And I know I've been a fan, uh, I'd probably say for 20 years, and I'm 28 now. So we'll see. Uh, what team shows up out there on Saturday. But I, I truly believe this is a game that we should have every single opportunity to go out and win. Uh, but this past weekend against Syracuse, I was just proud of the way they battled, right? Like, you talk about a team that two weeks prior, you lose to UNLV or you lose to Stanford in a way that was just demoralizing. You bounce back and you play a UNLV, a UNLV team that, probably not ever going to be on our level, but they gave us our best shot and we find a way to get 40 that afternoon. And then you find a way to get 40 this week. And I mean, I'm proud of the way the team has, has stayed resilient because it's clearly not, you know, a college football playoff bound team, but they've been able to piece together good performances. And you have to remember that this is a team that three times throughout this season, has beaten a ranked opponent. To beat BYU, I know BYU has severely fallen off the map. They kind of stink now. They beat Syracuse. You can expect some regression because obviously Syracuse never starts season 6-0. and But they've beaten some good teams. We've lost to questionable teams. And we've had good performances at other spots on the schedule. It's just a, a very perplexing Notre Dame team, if you will. I don't know. I think... If I had to rank this performance, I would say maybe the second or third best performance of the year. And it wasn't even a game that we played like a, a complete game where we had a balance attack, you know, with the passing and the rushing. It was, you know, the Estime and Dig show out there. And Myers, Myers still had 54 yards, but we didn't really need to throw the ball like, and one of the other things that's really perplexing about uh, this Notre Dame team so far this year is the usage of its wide receivers. We still really haven't seen too many breakout games from our wide receivers in total. My computer will work. So, yeah, in total, we only had five receptions from our receivers for 52 yards. So, obviously not very encouraging numbers, but Colsey had a very opportunistic catch. Uh, Jaden Thomas ended up, you know, finding himself in the end zone. And there's there's something there. I just don't know what it is with this team that we we haven't utilized it. Braden Lindsay is a ghost again. We don't use Braden Lindsay. We hadn't used him uh, prior to this too often. And I just I worry about the development of our young receivers because they got to be better than what they've shown and what has been given to them because the workload hasn't really been there. This is an offense that is dependent on a good offensive line, Michael Meyer and running the football. And when one of those three things isn't going well, it's usually not going well for our offense. Luckily this afternoon against Syracuse, you're able to find 41 points. You should usually win those games at the college football level when you get 41 points. But I, I almost want to say they have to get 41 this week against Clemson, but I don't know if that'll be possible. But looking back at Syracuse, there was one guy that we absolutely couldn't let beat us, and that was Arondis Gadsden uh, the second, or Aronde Gadsden the second, and his dad. 
I remember his dad. He was on NFL Blitz. He was on the Dolphins. He was an electric player, uh, playing with like Chris Chambers and, and players like that. Chad Pennington over there on the Dolphins. But I was really impressed. Import most importantly, we talked about Sean Tucker going into this game, and it's important that you shut down Sean Tucker, especially after him coming off of a game where he only had five touches and he's like their best player. So you absolutely knew he was going to get the ball a lot this game, four receptions and 16 carries. And he only finished the day with 92 yards. So he had, he had 20 touches for 92 yards. It's not the end of the world. We definitely didn't let Sean Tucker beat us, beat us out there on Saturday. And even after the game, uh, I know you guys that that listened last week. I talked about how uh, Sean Tucker's dad runs a, a Twitter account that says, you know, at the end of the game, like I was pleased with my performance, happy with how I played, you know, this, that, and the third. And uh, Brandon Joseph, <laughs> after the game, got on Twitter and he said, I was pleased with the way I played today uh, with the hashtag with the three and the four as the E and the A. So I thought that was an elite level troll job. Uh, by Brandon Joseph, and what a fucking game he played out there on Saturday. A pick six to get things started. He did well in the punt return game, played a real good uh, game of football, and that's what we were expecting when we picked up Brandon Joseph from Notre- or from Northwestern in the offseason via the transfer portal. If you remember the last guy that we picked up in the transfer portal from Northwestern, that was Ben Skoranek. Ben Skoranek's already a Super Bowl champ. He's only been in the year for two leagues, and he is picking up a more increased role uh, and he will probably see a more increased role with with Cooper Cup going down. So I anticipate Benny getting some more touches, but very proud uh, with with uh, the performance that Brandon Joseph had out there on Saturday. Tariq Bracey is another good shout on defense. Isaiah Foskey, uh, J.D. Bertrand had a great game. Morris LaFowle, like everybody was eating. Jordan Patello had uh, two sacks, and, you know, that's a young guy that who we could only – Hope picks up the slack where Isaiah Foskey leaves when he goes to the NFL. But if there was any performance that we wanted to see going into this, the home stretch of the season, right? This, this was the eighth game. So this was two thirds of the way through the season. It was the performance that we saw on Saturday. The result was honestly, in my opinion, never really in doubt. I know that sounds kind of cocky or arrogant. I, I talked before the game, you know, It's a good money line bet. It's a game that I will bet. I did bet it. And I'm probably betting us again this weekend, but we'll get into Clemson. And that's a game that holds a whole different level of weight. Like uh, a team that, you know, my first 10, 15 years of Notre Dame fandom was so irrelevant. We never played them. It didn't matter. But the last five or 10 years, whatever it may be, uh, the amount of times that we've played Clemson has seemed uh, quite significant. You throw, you know, throw a college football playoff in there, an ACC championship. We played them at home. It's a, a team that I never liked playing, but a game that nothing else matters for that three hours. Like, usually I got, like, three TVs cooking on a Saturday. Mm-mm, not this weekend. Notre Dame-Clemson's a little bit different, different in my household. It's going to be a lot of it different for me, but we'll get into that later. Uh, going back to Syracuse to go with players of the game on offense, I think you got to go Audric Estime, but uh, honorable mention for the offensive line, just the performance that they put in was phenomenal. And it was great to see them uh, create space for our backs, because as we've talked about all throughout the season, 
it's never a problem when you have three backs that can all do different things in your backfield and are contributing. So some of the other performances from our back, so Diggs, 20 carries, 85 yards. Um, like I said, estimate 20 for 123, and Tyree, 8 for 23, and then Tyree had a catch as well. So pretty evenly distributed between estimate and Diggs. I think they use Diggs a lot in – in great situations like towards the end for him to, to ice the game. It's a little bit quicker than Estime. I know Estime's had problems with fumbles, but it's clear to see that we're going to be a team that's built on this run heavy attack, especially right now with the quarterback position and the way it is like Drew Pine's not great. He's not bad. He gets the job done. He's a game manager. He'll never be, you know, the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history, but He'll probably win us some games. I can anticipate that he's a competitor. I, I I like what I've seen from him more than what we've seen from Buckner this year. But Buckner's a young gun, and, and the way he played in high school, you would only anticipate that he's going to continue to progress. But, yeah, offensively, go estimate offensive line as an honorable mention. And then on the defensive side of the ball, got to go B. Joe. And – I know I talked about this on like the first episode of the season as I just had like a fake lisp right there. Uh, that is the first two <laughs> parts of my name. My name is Brandon Joseph Suarez. So I, I've always been a big fan of Brandon Joseph, even when he was at Northwestern, as you guys all know, my brother's a Northwestern fan. So I've got an opportunity to see him play uh, a little bit prior to him coming to Notre Dame and to see it kind of come full circle in a big game like that against Syracuse to see that breakout performance that we've been dying to see from Brandon Joseph, it was poetry in motion. I was jumping in my family room, like absolutely spazzing when he picked that ball off. Cause I'm like, wow, what an incredible way to start this game. What a great way to get it started. And you find seven points on the first play of the game, 10 seconds aren't even off the board. So got to go Brandon Joseph there. And then I think special teams go John Sott. A little John Sott action. Why not, right? John Sott, why not? Five punts, 200 yards, two land inside the 20, and along a 51. Good job of flipping the field. I know Irish Twitter has really uh, enjoyed John Sott and what he's been able to do, but I think that with a performance like that, and I know I'm just talking about a punter, but with a performance like that, you deserve to get the shout for the special teams player of the week. But with that being said, we are on to Clemson. And Clemson right now is a top 10 team in the nation, I believe top five. And right now, we have an opportunity to ruin their season. And... I fully anticipate that it is not easy cooking for Clemson this weekend in South Bend. I think that in order for us to win, it's going to have to be a game where, you know, we kind of take the air out the, out the ball. We control it with our power running game and we keep their offense off the field. Their offense hasn't been great. I'll be the first to admit it. It really hasn't been the best offense 
that they've seen in, in their, you know, new newfound glory in college football. So obviously they had Watson and Lawrence before this, but DJ Iliangalale, and I think that uh I said it right that time. So if we got some some Clemson listeners, hopefully uh they don't they don't come from my head if I missed it. I usually say the ukulele man, but yeah, DJ Uyunglele is still a gamer. Uh, he did get benched though against Syracuse, which I guess is kind of concerning for Clemson fans. But he's the guy. Dabo said it in the press conference. Uh, they're sticking with him. They did have a good performance from uh, one of the young guns when he came in in that Syracuse game, and he honestly kind of brought him back in that game. But if we look at Clemson for what it is for this season, so schedule-wise, they haven't. I mean, I'm not going to say they haven't played anyone, but Georgia Tech, 41-10 week one. Furman, 35-12 week two. Uh, Louisiana Tech, 48-20. They also beat Wake Forest. They beat them in overtime. That game was actually nuts. 51-45. to Beat NC State, 30-20. to They beat BC, uh, 31-3. Florida State 34 to 28, and then that one a couple of weeks ago. And that was actually their last game. So they had a bye week. They are on a bye week uh against Syracuse, 27 to 21. So a team that has played some close games this year. They've been favorites in all of their games. I'm almost positive they're favorites this weekend uh by about four points. But this Clemson team over the last few seasons always gets stung by like a stinker game, a game that they should have no business losing, but they still somehow find a way to lose. And I pray that that game is this week. I think we're coming in with a little bit of momentum. They're coming off of a bye week. So maybe we can anticipate a slow start. They have an extremely athletic defense. Okay. So, the most points that they gave up in the season, as they should uh, from the opponents that they've gone against, is Wake Forest. And Wake Forest scored 45 on them. But other than that, they've only allowed more than 21 or 21 or more points twice. And they held NC State and Louisiana Tech both to 20. So a couple games, you know, Georgia Tech and Furman, 10 and 12. Boston College, three. So the defense is going to come out there and get stops. And what could be kind of concerning for Notre Dame fans looking into this game is, is, you know, how is Drew Pine going to distribute the ball? Is he going to have opportunities to create plays? I can't guarantee that. But what I can guarantee is our offensive line and our running game being a key component for us in this game. They absolutely have to continue on the track that they were on last week against Syracuse. And we have to be able to lean on the running game. We have to be able to lean on the defense. We need pressure from that front four. We need Isaiah Foskey to keep playing like prime Reggie White. Maybe a blocked punt wouldn't a blocked punt wouldn't hurt either. But it's a game that there's a reason why there's a four point spread right? This is a game that most of us were like, okay, two, three weeks ago, we have zero fucking shot to win this game. Just find a way to get to six and six. 
But after a convincing win against Syracuse, after a win where we at least saw the offense come alive against UNLV, and a Clemson team that has proven that they can't step on everyone's throat like they used to. They let people hang a little bit longer in these games than they used to. Coming off a bye week, we got to hit them early and we got to hit them often. I want to see us start this game with early points. I'd like to see it almost go as perfect as it did last week. But I think long time consuming drives, drives that are five minutes, five minutes and more, 10 play plus drives. Like I believe one of the, the hidden secrets to winning this game is controlling the time of possession. And I know that's super cliche. It's like, oh, well, that sounds easier than it than it should be. But it's about these long, sustained drives. It's about giving our defense as much rest as possible because you know the Clemson offense has the weapons. They got Will Shipley. Y'all remember Will Shipley. He decided to go to Clemson instead of Notre Dame. And on Saturday, that defense has got to make him pay. Uyunglele is still a physical specimen. He's still 6'5", like 250, can still run can still sling the ball all over the yard. It's just not necessarily having uh, his best season. His high on the year is 371. And other than that, the most passing yards he had in the game was 231 against Furman. So, but he's got a couple games where he led the team in rushing, like against North, uh, North Carolina State and Boston College, 73 and 69 yards. So, I mean, it's a guy that he can hurt you in a variety of different ways. He's not an easy guy to tackle in open space. Shipley a little bit easier, a little bit smaller, but a little bit more shifty. And I really think that it's just important to play assignment-based football. It's important to trust the guy next to you, and it's important to just go out there and make plays. And it's a sellout crowd at Notre Dame. It's a game against the Clemson Tigers. Remember what happened two, three – it was two years ago with Ian Book, with Trevor Lawrence sitting out, and Ewe Younglele had to come in and play – Ian Book fumbles the ball. Ian Book still comes and leads us to a victory against Clemson, the number one team in the nation at the home at the home field. That was one of my favorite memories as a Notre Dame fan, and I know some of our older listeners will laugh because you know you guys have seen you know championships, and I've only seen pain and BCS and and New Year's Six bowls and the college football playoff. But one of my favorite wins of all time was that win against Clemson, and. I'd really like to see that recreated on Saturday. I I just don't see how it doesn't happen. It has to. College football is chaos, and it needs more of it. And offensively, like I said, control the clock, control the line of scrimmage, run the football, pass when we need to. But this isn't a game that we're going to see too many deep shots. We're going to try and get our playmakers in space, Try and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some end of rounds with Braden Lindsay and, and Styles and Colsey just to get them some extra touches because the Clemson secondary and the Clemson defense is extremely athletic and probably one of the most athletic groups that Drew Pine will go against all season. And again, it's not like we have Kaiser or Ian Book back there. It's Drew Pine. Remember, Drew Pine was a backup for a majority of his career. He's putting his best foot forward. He's had some good performances this year. But I don't know how I feel about Drew Pine, you know, letting it sling against uh, Clemson. So we'll wait and see what ends up happening. But I only could hope that Drew could find a way to get to about 200 yards. On the defensive side of the ball, though, 
for my player of the of the game going into the game, I'm gonna go JD Bertrand. Okay, so they're gonna run some RPOs. They're gonna run some just flat out option. Will Shipley is a talented back in a sense that he can catch the ball out of the backfield and and, and hurt you, you know, just getting carries out of the backfield. So have to have someone that is kind of on Will Shipley duty, kind of on you young duty. And I think that responsibility will be bestowed upon JD Bertrand and he had a great game last week. So I, I would hope that he's able to put together a performance like that again this week. As far as score prediction goes, I would say that Notre Dame is going to find a way. We're going to claw one out, right? We're going to scratch out a top four victory at home against Clemson, a team that has been nightmare fuel many times when we've faced them, 31 to 27. I think that this is a game that has potential for there to be some points. There's potential for there to be fireworks. But then again, I could also be wrong, and it could end up being an absolute stinker. I truly hope that the offense comes out firing like they have in weeks past, you know, where they've been able to get upwards of 40 points. But I think at the very least, you're going to need 30 points to beat Clemson. Clemson, every week or every game this season, with the exception of Syracuse, which they clawed out by six points, they have scored over 30 points. So have to find a way on sun or on Saturday to somehow get 30 points. And if we can get up to 30 points, I think anything is possible on the defensive side of the ball. It's very, very important to control the line of scrimmage. Clemson's got some dudes up front and Clemson has some athletes on the edge as they always do. So it's important to make sure that we limit them from the big plays and limit them from hitting us down the field and hurting us because we have shown some vulnerability on the back end. I'd like to see this as more of a zone approach game, a game that we're playing more zone coverage. And yeah, if we can find a way to scratch out a, a nasty junkyard victory, and I know 31-27 may not constitute nasty junkyard victory, but if we can find a way to win this one, it will mean the world to me because uh, for the first time in 15 years, I will be tuning into Notre Dame on Saturday without my beloved Notre Dame fan dog, Benzo. And I know I've I've posted him on the the page in his, in his little Notre Dame jersey before, but yeah, on, on Monday we lost him. Just on Saturday, I remember watching the game with him. I remember him looking at me like I was crazy when I was freaking out, you know, with every big play and every bad play. But uh, some that you should never take for granted because I know that he will certainly be missed. But I got his jersey hanging up above the TV, and uh, I know he'll be watching over the team on Saturday. And hopefully they can find a way to, to scratch one out because – there's one thing I know he loved doing was was watching the games with me and he would stay in on third and fourth downs with me all of it eat the snacks just not drink the beer he wouldn't drink the beer but <laughs> it's gonna be a rough one for me this weekend just watching my teams uh without my little guy by my side win lose or draw so I'm hoping the guys can find some inspiration and find uh 
a way to win a football game against, you know, a team that you need no extra motivation to win against a top four team coming to South Bend. I haven't even talked about how I hate Dabo Sweeney, but Dabo Sweeney is, I just don't like him. I don't like the way he does business. I, I don't like his, you know, resistance to the NIL. He's just too much for me. And there is nothing more that I would love than to see Davos Sweeney with that stupid, you know, upside down frown on his face, like someone just stole his cookies. And it's a storm the field game. So if you're listening to this and you anticipate on going to the game, I anticipate on seeing your boots on the ground after we win this one. Like I said, 31 to 27 reverse spread. If you, because I think it's like three and a half. So we would cover a reverse spread at minus three and a half, but got to find a way to win this one. I think that if you win this one, you could see yourself ranked. If you win this one, no matter, you know, no matter what, going into uh, Navy and Boston College, you have an opportunity to see yourself ranked again before the end of the season because you follow up. Yeah, we, I mean, we don't have a bye week for the rest of the season. We play straight through. So for the next four weeks, find a way to win three of those games. It's going to be hard not to rank this team because a lot more ranked teams are going to drop games along the way. So we'll see what happens. But I got us winning this one 31 to 27 on offense. Like I said, Audrey Castame, my guy, uh, it's going to have to be a feed the back game. And we're going to have to find a way and maybe it'll include more digs and, and uh, Tyree, but I think SMA is the guy that they're going to feed in this game, just based off of his physical gift, just of being a giant human being. But other than that, defensively, I said JD Bertrand is a guy that I'm looking for a big game. And then too, if we can get a block punt, if we can get a kick return or a punt return, some form of, you know, just a boost from our special teams, I'll be very, very excited to see how this one turns out. It's a game that we got to play perfect in all aspects, offense, defense, and special teams. So let's find a way to do it, and let's find a way to beat Clemson at home this Saturday. It's a 6.30 game. It's uh, broadcasted actually on NBC and Peacock. So if you got one or the other, I know I got Peacock, so I'll be watching it on that. But don't miss it. In my opinion, uh, I know USC is also a rivalry game, but we have kind of stuffed USC in a locker for some time now. I know this year is a totally different story, and we'll get to that game later in you know the season on a later show. But right now, look at the opportunity in front of you. You know, Marcus Freeman talked about it in his pressers earlier in the week, just saying like, you don't need to get up for this game. It's Clemson. This is what playing at Notre Dame is all about. These big games. Big expectations. And I know we're not huge underdogs in this game, but we're live dogs in this game. And I think we have a huge, huge opportunity to shock the nation and win a football game against a top five team. But with that being said, this was another episode of Irish on Tap presented to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BeatOn300, and you can follow our main account at ONTAP Irish. Like I said a little bit ago, man, I want to see the guys win one for my guy, Benzo. I got his jersey hanging over my mantle, over my TV. Let's find a way to win this football game, 
and we'll be back with you guys in the middle of the week to recap the Clemson game and then get you ready for another rivalry game as we have Navy. We host them at Notre Dame Stadium. So that being said, we really do appreciate you all for listening to this episode of Irish on Tap. And we'll be back with you guys in the middle of the week next week. Thank you so much for joining us. And go Irish. Thank <laughs> you.